Wentz trying to convert on fourth down, and what a catch by Jeffrey. Alshon Jeffrey into the end zone on fourth down. Oh my goodness. Hey, I'm Mike. And I'm Daniel. And we are Civil Youth, and you are listening to Underground Sports Philadelphia. These are just emotions. Coming through the motions. To make it seem like I'm the only one. This is my moment to break free to a lock to the door and throw the key from whatever is holding me. All right, ladies and gentlemen, after an absolutely embarrassing loss to the Minnesota Vikings, uh, we are back, and it is Dallas week, and the only way to do Dallas week here on Eagles Enemies right on Underground Sports Philadelphia is to have the one and only Patrick Nosey Walker from CBS Sports on the podcast, and he's back making his return this week. What's going on, man? I'm doing well. Uh Actually, have seen better days, obviously, covering this team, as you have following your Eagles, uh, two teams that can't figure themselves out right now, and they're going to face off on Sunday. <laughs> can't figure themselves out, have been bitten by the injury bug. You know, I thought the Eagles were insanely injured. Looking at this Cowboys uh, injury report, they are quite injured. Uh, fill me in on, you know, what's going on. I know you just tweeted uh, that Tyron Smith and Lyle Collins got in a limited practice here on Thursday. What's uh what's the injury situation looking like for the Cowboys as we get ready for Sunday night? Well, uh, that's actually big news for the Cowboys as far as Teron Smith and Lyle Collins go. Uh, neither of them practiced on last week in any of the three practices going into the Week Six contest against the New York Jets, and uh, that loomed large because Dak Prescott was beat up pretty handedly and and pressured pretty uh, pretty well against the New York Jets, and, and you saw that ultimately is what cost them the game in the two point conversion, allowing Jamal Adams to come through the middle like that. But uh, with Lyle Collins dealing with his knee injury and uh, Teron Smith dealing with a high ankle sprain. It, it really went down to the wire as far as the Cowboys being able to get them in against the Jets, but they just didn't like what they saw in the pregame workout, and that's when they finally ruled out Smith. So this is actually Teron Smith's first practice, albeit limited today here on Thursday. It's his first practice um, with the Cowboys in any capacity since he's since he suffered that uh, high ankle sprain against the New Orleans Saints uh, a few weeks back. So that's big. So although it's limited, uh, it is big for both him and Collins. And, of course, the bigger concern, um, I don't know if I'd say the bigger concern, but another big concern is Amari Cooper and uh, and also Randall Cobb. Those are two of the Cowboys' top offensive weapons as far as receivers go. Uh, Amari Cooper was knocked out after only three snaps against the Jets with a quad injury, uh, a thigh bruise to be specific, that he re-aggravated. It was initially aggravated when he took a helmet to the thigh against the Green Bay Packers, and they thought that he could go against the Jets. Turns out that he could not. Now, now, Cooper says that he's optimistic that he'll be able to play. Uh, that's not what I'm hearing. I, I think that based on what I'm hearing and based on the injury that he has, uh, and you can see that he hasn't practiced Thursday, he didn't practice on Wednesday, he's going to try to give it a go on Friday, but there's no you know, definitive yes that he will be able to go even in a limited capacity on Friday. And even if he does, I still think that he's doubtful for Sunday. Uh, and I think it's a, an injury that sits in two weeks, which works for the Cowboys because they have a bye week next week. But if, if they don't have Cooper, if they don't have Randall Cobb, who has still not practiced with back tightness, 
um, then they're really going to have to get one of their two tackles back. Uh, and it looks like they're on track to at least do that and possibly get both. But we'll see how the week goes. And with both of those pass catchers out, that bodes well for Michael Gallup. But, you know, he had a case of the drops against the, the New York Jets. How's his injury coming along? I know he had the uh, the surgery to kind of clip his meniscus. What have you seen from him, you know, getting back out there and how his knee has uh, kind of developed after that uh, procedure? Not 100 percent, but uh, he's he's definitely close. Uh, I think right now they're being deliberate and making sure that they don't, you know, force any type of setback in practice or anything like that. I think that's why you see him operating in a limited capacity in practice. And of course, the Cowboys themselves, they're having scaled back practices this week because of the amount of injuries that they're having. So although the practices are padded, they're not really digging down to the bone like they normally do. They're scaling back quite a bit, uh, which puts a, a bit of an asterisk on some of these uh, injury designations this week. But Gallup, for all intents and purposes, he looks good. Uh, running his routes and, and, you know, his speed is there. Uh, his explosiveness is there. It's not 100% just yet, but it's definitely there enough that he could change games. Unfortunately, you know, they could have used that uh, against the Jets, that explosiveness. But like you said, he had a case of the drop season. And for those that have asked me, well, you know, Pat, is this now going to be an issue with Gallup? I think that's uh, – that's a bit of lumping him into what's going on with the Cowboys. You've seen drops from Amari Cooper. Recently, you've seen uncharacteristic drops from Jason Witten, a key drop from Ezekiel Elliott, who you know did have a, a great game um, for the Cowboys against the Jets. He did have that key drop that would have been a third down conversion and potentially a chunk play. Um, but when it comes to Gallup, I've not seen him, and this goes back to me studying him at, at Colorado State, I've not seen Michael Gallup have any issues with drops. I think he was just uh, having a bad day, and we all have a bad day at work once in a while, and I think that's what it was for him. So injury-wise, he's almost 100%. I don't see any setbacks, and I don't think that it's going to be an issue as far as the drops going forward. Absolutely, and you know, uh, this team has, this Cowboys team has been under a lot of criticism lately. You know, they started off the season 3-0 and against you know, three lesser opponents, uh, and then three straight losses. Now, what's kind of the vibe around this team as they've now dropped three in a row to three, you know, formidable teams. And obviously the Jets, a lot of people were down on, but they got their starting quarterback, uh, back in action. Um, you know, what's kind of, you know, the, the case of this three and three Cowboys team, uh, through the first couple weeks of the season now. They're humbled. Uh, they've been humbled and they, they will readily admit it and have admitted it. And Dak Prescott admitted it as much uh, in the post-game press conference uh, after losing to the Jets in a game that came down to the wire. But really, it took a late-game rally for it to come down to the wire because, for the most part, Sam Darnold, a second-year guy, and yes, he's a you know former first-round pick, but a second-year guy who had missed the previous three games with mononucleosis, uh, concerns about his spleen. He comes in absolutely no rust, and he just torches that secondary. Uh, and then, of course, the Cowboys had issues protecting Dak Prescott, and um, when he was making plays, uh, the receivers couldn't come up with the ball. Uh, so the, this this is not the team that started off the season 3-0. and uh, This team that has gone 0-3 in their last three outings have been humbled. Uh, there's no talk around here right now of the Super Bowl, uh, being a Super Bowl contender. Uh, right now, the talk has uh, minimized and, and completely turned into tunnel vision. Uh, and at the end of that tunnel is simply let's win this week. Let's beat the Philadelphia Eagles to take uh, sole ownership for the moment of the NFC East uh, going into the bye week. You don't want to go. You didn't want to go on a two-game losing streak. You certainly didn't want to go on a three-game losing streak with you know that third game being the winless Jets of all teams. Uh, but you definitely cannot go 
um, 0-4 in your last four games going into a bye week, uh, especially with the fourth game being against your you know bitter rival in the Philadelphia Eagles who are coming into your home. You just lost to the Green Bay Packers, which is another bitter rival. You just lost to that bitter rival in Arlington. Uh, you know, are you going to drop two games at home to NFC rivals? Uh, that's when we, you know, really start looking at is Jason Garrett on the hot seat or not. And speaking of Jason Garrett, there's a lot of, you know, just random media drawn up speculation that he started calling plays again. And that's why we've seen kind of a drop off from this Cowboys offense. Do you suspect that Jason Garrett's, you know, been calling some plays here and there? Or is it still in the hands of, uh, you know, the offensive coordinator? It's still in the hands of Kellen Moore, and I think what we're seeing is, uh, well, let me let me take a step back for a second and, and kind of re-explain what uh, the situation was going into this season. The the I should say the totality of steering this Cowboys offense was not going to be in Kellen Moore's hands as a first-year offensive coordinator. The design was it primarily is steered by Kellen Moore, but with input from Jason Garrett, from quarterback coach John Kidna, and from Dak Prescott, as well as from tight end coach Doug Nussmeyer. So it was a collective brainchild, if you will, with Kellen Moore leading the charge. And I think what we've seen in the past few games is not necessarily that Garrett has suddenly grabbed it and said, hey, you know, let me take – ownership of this away from you or let me start calling the plays none of that has occurred i can't confirm that none of that has occurred i think what's more so happening is number one i did predict that kenna moore would have growing pains as any first year offensive coordinator will have excuse me um and that's what we saw in the first game against the saints now the game plan i should say the first loss against the saints the game plan thereafter was cleaned up mightily um and if the cowboys execute by way of not dropping the ball, by way of not making penalties that kill drives, um, by way of not, you know, creating tip drill interceptions to hire Alexander that allow the Packers to go down and, and score and take control of the game. See, those are execution and focus issues. If those don't occur, then we're not talking about a three and three Cowboys team and wondering if Kellen Moore's game plan is being hijacked by Jason Garrett. Then we're talking about a potentially five and one Cowboys team and everybody is still praising Kellen Moore. So the knife cuts both ways. And I think the reality of it is if I had seen some drastic changes, uh, you know, between Green Bay and New York Jets and, and those fixes were not made coming out of that Saints game wherein they were held to only 10 points and pretty much shut down and the scheme was questionable. It was questionable going into the game. It was questionable for about, you know, 50 minutes of, of you know, NFL football, only 10 minutes of that game. Did they really get it together? But it was too late by that point. Um, but I've seen this offensive scheme recover against the Packers. I've seen it recover against the Jets. But you can't win games in this league if you're consistently shooting yourself in the foot. And the last two games, that's exactly what the Cowboys did. So I do believe Kellen Moore still has the reins. It's still a collective brainchild, but he still has the reins, and he hasn't been hijacked by Jason Garrett at all. Now I'd say from an outsider perspective, you know, this Cowboys offense typically runs through Ezekiel Elliott, and he's still doing his thing, but it's kind of been quiet. You know, we haven't really heard his name mentioned much. He's just been a, a silent assassin doing what he does. Uh, is that kind of just a, the change in philosophy with what Kellen Moore's doing where there's a lot more emphasis for Dak Prescott to deliver from the quarterback position and Zeke is just going to be able to you know do what he does? Yes, uh, that's, that's an astute 
you know, observation because what Kellen Moore is doing, and again, we go back to, you know, the phrase growing pains. He's trying to figure out who he is as an offensive coordinator. Um, and that's going to come with, you know, a, a bad call here or two. Um, but again, for the most part, it's these three losses of these three losses. Uh, two of them were quite winnable. Only one had a, a horrific uh, game plan, and that was against the Saints. Um, but when it comes to Ezekiel Elliott, because the Cowboys are putting a bit more uh, of the onus on Dak Prescott, who looks great, still looks great. And, and if these receivers make these catches and, and don't turn these, you know, uh, supposed catches into interceptions, his numbers would be right up there with, you know, Patrick Mahomes. And uh, he'd be right up there in the MVP race uh, at the quarterback position. But unfortunately, his receivers have, for the most part, let him down. Um, but because Dak Prescott, uh, does have more pressure uh, and more ownership of the offense. They want him to do more. He's been stepping up. He's been doing it. He's not been getting help from the receivers here in the past two or three games. Um, but when it comes to Ezekiel Elliott, Zeke is still Zeke, and they've dialed back uh, prior to the Jets game, I should say. They dialed back his handoffs. Um, but even when he touched the ball, he was still averaging, I think, going into that game uh, about four, four point one per game. Those are that's Zeke numbers. Uh, so that just goes to show that when he touches the ball, he makes things happen. And then you look at uh, the loss to the Jets, unfortunately. But, uh, you know, 28 handoffs. He broke the 100 yard marker. Zeke is still very much Zeke. The Cowboys and Kellen Moore just need to figure out um, what they want to be as an offense. Do they want to be that uh, wide open, you know, shoot you know barn burner type offense shoot it out down the field um or do you want to manage the game clock a bit more but i think for them the sweet spot is somewhere in the middle scott linehan had them uh too conservative and handing off the ball to ezekiel elliott you know 25 or 30 times a game um that was too much week in week out you can't do that every single week in this league it's just too predictable uh kellen moore started out flying uh out of the gate you know it was a passing you know, a pass first offense uh, Zeke was kind of on the back burner, but now guess what? Teams are kind of catching up to it just a bit, and they're going to have to find that mix. And I think once they find that mix, um, then they'll find that sweet spot offensively. But Ezekiel Elliott, uh, he's he's waiting to touch the ball, and he's not complaining to his credit. He wants to win games, however those wins may come. He said that time and again, consummate professional when it comes to that uh, situation or that you know that angle. Um, but the Cowboys just need to figure it out because they also haven't utilized Tony Pollard, the dynamic rookie, um, as much as they would like to. So, again, still some things that need to be figured out, still some kinks that need to be worked out. Uh, Uber talented team battling some injuries uh, and it's not helped by drops in, in execution and focus issues. So they got to get it cleaned up here. Now, Zeke got his big contract, uh, you know, this offseason and heading into the season. Has Dak Prescott played his way out of, you know, the mega contract that everybody was talking about him getting where, you know, Jerry Jones is kind of doing his little evil emperor laugh thinking he can get a bit of a discount now that the Cowboys are 3-3 three and three instead of, like you said, where they could be 5-1? and one. Absolutely not. And I think Dak Prescott still has the upper hand. And if you go back to what I was saying when it comes to uh, the receivers, for example, if the receivers are not dropping balls, uh, you know, and, and creating tip drill interceptions, uh, if they're making those plays, then, you know, you're getting third down conversions. You know, you're getting first downs. Drives are still alive. And that puts you in position to extend drives and then get into the red zone where you can really do some damage as opposed to having to settle for field goals, which is something that they didn't have to do in the first three games for the most part. But if you go back and look at the film um, outside of the Saints game for five of six contests, 
Dak Prescott has played at an MVP caliber level. Yes, he's made a mistake here and there, but so has Patrick Mahomes, so has Tom Brady. That just comes with the job and goes with the job. As Carson Wentz well knows, he has an MVP caliber talent, uh, but he makes mistakes as well. And guess what? His receivers uh, drop balls as well. Hello, Nelson Aguilar. Yes, he um, does. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but to that point, if, if Aguilar, for example, if Aguilar catches that, that ball down the seam in Atlanta, that puts the Eagles in position to win that game, and it makes Carson Wentz uh, look great, which it should. But Aguilar drops the ball, and it turns up as an incompletion, and the Eagles drop that game. And, you know, is that Carson's fault That on that throw? No. Yes, he did struggle over the first half of that game, but on that particular throw, no, it was not his fault. But, you know, same goes for Dak Prescott. You make the play, you make the throw. The receivers paid to catch the ball. And if they don't, what can you do? And I think that's the position Dak Prescott is in right now. And his agents, they know it as well. So it's not a situation where Jerry Jones and Stephen Jones can approach Dak Prescott and say, oh, well, we're three and three now. And, you know, your stats are, are declined just a bit over the past three games. All they have to do is point at the film and say, show me the bad throw. Show me the bad throw. Show me the bad decision. And, you know, for every one that you think or for every incompletion that the Joneses can point out, it's probably a drop um, or a poor route run, or it might be that the official didn't call, you know, a defensive penalty that should have been called, which has happened to the Eagles. It's happened to the Cowboys. It's happened to virtually every team in the league, if not every team in the league. So that Prescott still has leverage. He's still playing at a high level. And if receivers make these plays, um, then we're not even having this question right now. No, we were going to record earlier this week, but some uh, news went down, and that was Tyrone Crawford done for the season. Uh, how much of an impact is that going to be on this Cowboys defense, not only this week against the Eagles, but you know for the long haul, knowing that he's no longer going to be with this team uh, for 2019? Uh, that's a bigger blow than, than some would like to admit. Uh, Tyrone Crawford is uh, one of the better defensive linemen on the team. He's a top five probably a top three defensive lineman on the team. Uh, he flexes two positions, the outer edge on the on the right side, but also the three-tech um, consummate professional on the locker room. Yes, he had the off-the-field issue uh, with the bar fight, which is yet unresolved uh, in the you know NFL's eyes. It's resolved in the, in the actual court, but not in the NFL eyes. But on the field itself, this is a guy who delivered five-and-a-half sacks for the Cowboys last season. Um, flexing between two positions. That is absolutely amazing. And uh, that five-and-a-half sack tally, uh, if I'm not mistaken, was good enough for third best on the team. I think he was just barely bested by Jalen Smith. And, of course, you had Demarcus Lawrence to top um, that category. But it's a big blow. Uh, and it's, you know, a Cowboys team that used a second-round pick on Tristan Hill, who's been mostly inactive this season. They, have, they don't know what they have in him just yet. When it comes to playing NFL football, he's a work in progress. you got rookie uh, late-round pick. Joe Jackson, uh, he's a bulldog, but he's still a bit raw. But now those two guys are going to have to step up big. Uh, they signed Justin Hamilton here, but you know that's an undrafted guy in twenty. From you know he was undrafted in twenty fifteen. Last spent some time in twenty eighteen with the Chiefs uh, to kind of help them out on the interior. Not really a splash guy, but we'll see if Marinelli can work his magic there. Um, Malik Collins in a contract year, fired out of the gate early, getting great pressure. Um, and he's still getting great pressure, but he's not really getting home uh, as he started to. So he's kind of tailed off a bit. Antoine Woods is back now, but he missed three games due to injury um, that he suffered against the Washington Redskins, and that hurt their run defense mightily. Uh, so the Cowboys' interior defensive line just doesn't look great right now, and that's normally where Tyrone Ty Crawford would step in and be that 
saving grace and be that you know security blanket. But now that the security blanket is gone, they're going to have to figure it out um, because Robert Quinn, he's doing his thing, five sacks in only four games. Demarcus Lawrence is getting pressure at a high level, I think top two or three in the league in you know, QB pressure, but he's not getting home. But one of the reasons he's not getting home is because quarterbacks can step up into a clean pocket because the interior is not being disrupted. So they're going to have to figure it out because Tyrone Crawford is no longer here for 2019 to help them figure it out. Now, this Cowboys defense has kind of been a mixed bag. You know, Aaron Jones runs on them for four touchdowns. Last week, Sam Darnold is dropping dimes uh, through the air. You know, with this Eagles team now, as uh, we get set for Sunday Night Football, doesn't look like Deshaun Jackson's going to suit up again. That is a huge mystery for this Eagles team. Uh, and they seem to not have as much success when a deep threat wide receiver is not on the field as opposed to when uh, one is. Uh, with this with this Cowboys defense, what are they kind of looking to do to uh, make this Eagles offense one-dimensional? Is it taking away Carson Wentz, or is it kind of shutting down the run game to force Carson Wentz to make throws he might not want to make, knowing that Alshon Jeffrey's probably the only reliable wide receiver, along with Zach Ertz at the tight end position. I think the Cowboys understand that the Eagles are not a run-first team. Um, they're a pass-first team because of the talent and the ability of Carson Wentz. And normally, um, you know, you uh, you being the Eagles organization and Doug Peterson, you would like to have a deep threat like Deshaun Jackson on the field. Obviously, that's why you brought him back this year. Um, that's why you went and got Alshon Jeffrey, you know, a couple seasons back. And uh, But not having Deshaun Jackson could loom large in this game, uh, especially considering uh, in his time, in his career with the Eagles in the first stretch. He was quite the Cowboys killer. Um, you know, he he drove a dagger in their heart many a time. So him not being on the field, likely because he hasn't practiced at all this weekend, it, optimism is not there that he'd be able to play. That's going to give the Cowboys an advantage, but here's where, here's why I should say they can't get confident in that category because they're dealing with injuries in the secondary. Byron Jones is battling. He's the shutdown corner for the Cowboys. He's battling the hamstring injury uh, that has kept him out of practice both times this week. And we'll see how he looks on Friday, but uh, he joins Anthony Brown, another starting corner, Anthony Brown being the starting nickel corner. He's also not practiced at all this week with a hamstring injury. Um, so that leaves Chidobia Wuzier on the outside and, and he's looked great at times and then other times, not so much. Um, so you have an inconsistent Awuzie at the moment. Um, it's going to put a lot of pressure on backup cornerback uh, Jordan Lewis, which I'm a huge fan of, and I think Jordan Lewis should actually start over Anthony Brown, and I think we're going to see why. Uh, but the Cowboys have a lot to figure out because they don't know just yet if Byron Jones is going to be able to go. They don't know just yet if Anthony Brown is going to be able to go. And if one or both of those players are out uh, on Sunday – it may not matter that Deshaun Jackson is not on the field because they'll have a hard enough time trying to contain Alshon Jeffrey. And of course, you look at someone like Zach Ertz, and of course, Dallas Goddard. He, you know, he's been known to make a play here or there to to remind everyone that hey, I'm still on the field as well. Um, but even without Alshon, excuse me, even without Deshaun Jackson, which it looks like that's going to be the case, if the Cowboys are down one or two of their starting cornerbacks, uh, they still have to stop Alshon Jeffrey. They still got to stop Zach Ertz, which is to me, the number one wide receiver on that team, even though he's the tight end. Um, so they got they have their work cut out for him because the linebacker core has looked uh, questionable as well here as of late. And that's that's really going to loom large as far as trying to contain Zach Ertz. So if they struggle containing Zach Ertz, you know, in the middle and on those seam routes, um, then, you know, it all breaks even. So it wouldn't even matter that Deshaun Jackson's not on the field. 
And one big thing that's been working for this Eagles offense recently is the wheel route with uh, Carson Wentz throwing it to Miles Sanders. Is that a concern for the Cowboys and how they're going to be able to defend, you know, the the speed that Miles Sanders poses, uh, you know, catching the ball out of the backfield? It is going to be a challenge for them, uh, much in the same way that Darren Sproles has been a challenge for them in the past with his speed out of the backfield. Uh, you know, we've seen over the course of Sproles' career with the Eagles and the times that he's played the Cowboys, uh, has he put up huge numbers consistently? No, not necessarily, but he always tends to find that uh, that one or two plays, you know, that helps break the game open. I think you look at a, a guy like Sanders and he has similar speed and similar ability in that capacity. I think the Cowboys are, are really going to have to um, scheme correctly and they're, go- they're not going to be able to, to blitz as much as they probably would like to because the Eagles are so effective at those screens and those bubbles. And that's really going to put a lot of pressure on Jalen Smith and Sean Lee and Leighton Vanderich to make sure that they're covering sideline to sideline as opposed to simply covering north to south. If they don't protect those sidelines um, and, and play east to west, as effective as they need to, the, then, yes, Sanders could have a big day himself. And all that's going to do is open up the seams for, guess what, Zach Ertz to start torching them down the seams, which then opens up the game for, guess who, Alshon Jeffrey. So one thing, you know, impacts the other, that impacts the other. Uh, and I think the Cowboys are, you know, they have the talent to figure it out. They have the coaching staff defensively to figure it out. I've seen them figure it out. Obviously, you look at them uh, having swept the Eagles in 2018. They know how to beat this team. But you can't have a lot of confidence in them right now after losing three straight, the third being against the winless New York Jets to a quarterback that hadn't played in you know three weeks prior. Is it a big boost that uh, Andre Dillard is getting his first NFL start at left tackle in this game, going up against this Cowboys pass rush that is, you know, regarded as one of the better ones in the NFL? Now that is a matchup to watch. Uh, that of, of everything we're discussing and some of the things that we uh, we don't necessarily have time to discuss, that is one I focused on uh, this you know this week. And I've had some Cowboys fans saying, well, it's not that big of a deal because Dillard, you know, first round pick, he's he's still a very talented guy. I absolutely agree. However, uh, we, we mentioned that Robert Quinn has five sacks and four games played. And he's doing this for the most part against talented veterans. The Eagles needed. Um, well, I, should, I won't say needed. Let's put it this way. The Eagles would have most certainly liked to have all pro versus all pro. They wanted Jason Peters versus a guy like Robert Quinn, who is playing with his hair on fire right now. Can Dillard get the job done? Possibly. But we all have to be honest in saying that it's not likely that he'll be able to contain Robert Quinn. Peters would have had his hand would have had his hands full uh, if he was able to play because Robert Quinn is just on a tear right now. So I think that's going to be the biggest thing to watch if Quinn can um best Dillard consistently and get in that backfield and disrupt some of these plays quickly, then you're not going to see um, as many of those, you know, down the field throws to Alshon Jeffrey. You're not going to see routes down the seam uh, be able to develop for Zach Ertz. And it's really just going to disrupt uh, what the Eagles are trying to do offensively. And that's going to force the Eagles to kind of focus on sending some help potentially over to that side, maybe via chip blocks or something like that. And of course, if, if they do that, then that's going to, you know, take a step off of Ertz's routes because now he has to help out uh, in blocking. And then guess who's on the other end waiting and salivating to finally have a breakout game. It's DeMarcus Lawrence, the guy who has a $105 million contract that hasn't 
uh, had the sack tally to justify it just yet. So I think that the imbalance created by the absence of Peters, who's arguably um, one of the best, uh, and I'd say, you know, Peters, you know, Tyron Smith, Trent Williams, those are, you know, my top three left tackles in the league. Uh, a guy like that goes out. I don't really care how talented your, you know, young first round, former first round pick is. When you look at who he's going up against, that could turn the tide for the Cowboys in a big way. Yeah, that's my big X factor, especially since, you know, the secondary injuries kind of cancel each other out in a way. The wide receiver injuries uh, are on an equal playing field in how they operate in this offense. Uh, do we see an Eagles win or a Cowboys win in this game? Tough to call. you got, like I said, uh, two, three, and three teams who they're coming off of a loss and, and they haven't been able to figure themselves out. They've been inconsistent in different ways. Obviously, the Cowboys start with three wins and then lose three, and then the Eagles are kind of up and down, up and down. Um, I'm going to give the edge to the Cowboys simply because they're playing at home uh, and the Packers game notwithstanding. They had won se their last seven games at home before they lost to the Packers, and they beat themselves against the Packers. The Packers didn't necessarily beat them. So I think they clean up the execution problems enough to edge out the Eagles. I don't think they're going to blow Philadelphia out of the water or anything like that. Eagles are still a talented team, but the injuries are going to loom large on both sides of the ball. You guys have um, Darby. Uh, he's limited right now, so that means he's obviously not healthy. So even if he plays, he's not 100%. you got Avante Maddox, who hasn't played with a concussion and neck injury. Oh, I shouldn't. I should say hasn't practiced this week with a concussion and a neck injury. Uh, so it's really going to be on who takes advantage of the aerial attack better. If the Cowboys can strike first um, and Michael Gallup has, you know, a big game, uh, that's going to set up Ezekiel Elliott to do what we said Ezekiel Elliott can do and has been doing. It's going to make it hard for the Eagles to climb back. If this game was in Philadelphia, I'd give the edge to Philadelphia because that's just how close these teams are right now um, as far as uh, competition level, um, which is not through the roof right now but they're they're so close in everything execution issues do they both have them yes key injury issues do they both have them yes uh are they both inconsistent yes are they both trying to figure themselves out for 2019 yes do they both have the talent on the roster to be super bowl contenders yes so then the question becomes uh where where are they playing and they're playing in Arlington, so give me the Cowboys by three. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting matchup. Patrick, I know you got a lot of uh, things going on, but since the last time you came on the podcast, you uh, have a new position, so congratulations on the new job and everything, but let everybody know where they can follow you on uh, the social media frenzy of things and uh, keep up to date with all your work now that you're covering the, the league as a whole, too. Thank you so much. Um, and you guys can still follow me on Twitter at Voice of the Star. Uh, also, uh, like and follow my page on Facebook, which has the same tag at Voice of the Star. Um, check out my work on CBSSports.com, CBS Sports HQ, CBS Sports Network, CBS Sports Radio, uh, 1660 ESPN Central Texas every Tuesday um, out of uh, Waco, Texas. Um, and that that's pretty much what I do. So like, like you said, Kyle, I, I cover the entire league now, which includes your Eagles. It's a very good <laughs> so, thing to hear, man. <laughs> um, so yeah, definitely cover everything. And um, just primarily the Cowboys, because obviously I'm, I'm here, I'm, I'm in Dallas and I'm a Cowboys insider, but I cover the entire league. So uh, follow me everywhere that you can folks. He does great work guys. And uh, you should be following him on Twitter. And later on in the season, Dallas comes to Philadelphia, and we'll definitely be talking to you on the show again, man. Thanks again for hopping on uh, and taking time out of your busy schedule. Hey, it's fun as always, Kyle. I'll talk to you soon.
All right, ladies and gentlemen, the injuries are pretty much equal. Dak Prescott still going to get paid, surprisingly. Uh, it's going to be a fun matchup Sunday night. Eagles-Cowboys in Dallas. Uh, this one, like we talked about on uh, Underground Sports Philadelphia episode 176, this game is going to determine a lot for this season and uh, you know how this division shakes out. This is going to be either a nail in the coffin for one of these teams or the jump start that they need. Carson Wentz has to get things going early. They need to establish what they're going to do in this game and you know be assertive, be dominant. And uh, I think they have the means to do it. I think you know going to Dallas is going to be tough. Like Patrick said, the the Cowboys before that Packers game had won seven in a row at Jerry World, so uh, they're going to have to take full advantage of the opportunities that they're given and make sure that they come out on top with uh, the cards they've been dealt injury wise and just what unfolds in this game. But it's going to be interesting. And uh, Eagles Cowboys is always a a hell of a fight. So uh, Sunday night football, Eagles Cowboys national spotlight for first place in the division. Make sure you're following us on Twitter at UndergroundPHI for all the updates during the game and all your updates during the week as well. We, we put out as much content as we can for you guys, including this podcast, and you get it first if you're following us on Twitter at UndergroundPHI. You can follow me on Twitter at KBIZZL311. Shout out to the old AOL Instant Messenger for my Twitter handle. And make sure you're subscribed to us on Apple Podcasts. Leave those five-star ratings and reviews. With your thoughts and opinions on Eagles-Cowboys that's going to go down on Sunday, just search Underground Sports Philadelphia on Apple Podcasts and leave the five stars. We have standards, even though it's Cowboys week, just pretend they're Eagles logos. Five Eagles logos this week on the Apple Podcast reviews. And you can also follow us on Spotify, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher. Stream us on iHeartRadio and the TuneIn app. Stream us wherever you get your podcasts. They are there for you. So, uh, Eagles Cowboys going to be a lot of fun. It's Dallas week. Let's go get this dub birds, uh, and, uh, be on top in the division as we get set for the final game against the Buffalo bills on this three game road trip, but it starts in Dallas and we got to get a win. It's that simple. Go out and win. So, uh, again, thanks to Patrick. No C Walker for hopping on the show again. He's one of my favorite guests that we get for Eagles enemies. And he, uh, he brings the knowledge and drops it on your head. So make sure you're following him at Voice of the Star does a great job just covering the league in general. He's a fantastic Twitter follow. Drops great takes as well. So uh, make sure you're following him. And uh, until next week, go Birds. Let's get this dub. This has been another edition of Eagles Enemies right here on Underground Sports Philadelphia. I'm your host, Kyle Bennett. We are signing off. Go Birds.